Hello and welcome to Lunch with Lee. I'm your host Shane Lee. And the show, Nathan Wood, a former New South Wales and Australian rugby league player, playing 215 first grade matches for Sydney City Roosters, the Balmain Tigers, New Zealand Warriors and Super League in the UK. He's regarded in rugby league circles as the greatest prankster with a fantastic sense of humour. But away from footy, he's the brother of boxer Garth Wood and appeared on Challenger as a gladiator. Welcome, Nat, mate. How are you, buddy? I'm good, thanks. Mate, thanks for being on the show. And Phil Emery, a former New South Wales Australian cricketer, wicket keeper. He's my first captain for New South Wales, scoring 100 in his 100th first-class match and played one test in Pakistan. Away from cricket, he works in the world of insurance broking at Gow Gates. Um, and for that reason, he's a very good golfer. Hello, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Shana. How are you? Mate, thanks for doing the show. I'll start quickly with you, Phil. Um, and uh, I've got sort of, I've already got yin, yin and yang on the show here today. So, Phil, you went to, to Shaw, private school, mm-hmm. and that, that was um, at, a, at a public school. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to ask you first, you, as I mentioned, you're my first captain of New South Wales. How was I as a, as a young student? Um, Well, I think back in the day then, I mean, you became a final rounder. Yes. Playing a number of games for Australia. But um, back then, I think you were picked in that first game against Western Australia. Correct. In Sydney as our opening bowler. Batting, I don't know. Nine. Nine might have been, yes. Anyhow, so... uh, Fucking behind you. (laughs) Well, I might have got a bowl before you. Um... In fact, that's the story, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, you were opening the bowling with Wayne Holdsworth, I think. That's correct. And I think you you sent down 12 balls of absolute rubbish. <laughs> How old were you, 19? I was, I was 18, actually. 18, yeah. 18. Okay, so you're bustling in. And uh, I think uh, Jeff Marsh took a little bit of a liking to you through point and wherever else it was getting bowled. And so, you had a couple of overs. And uh, and then I think I had Sh- uh, sorry um, Wayne on for about six or seven, and uh, I took Wayne off. I, I replaced you, put put uh, Wayne on, took him off after six or seven. I walked up to you and went, uh, you know, you're on after Wayne. You went, oh, you you don't want me to bowl again? Do you? <laughs> That's very very true. And I looked at you and I went, well. You are our opening bowler, Shane, and I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you got Jeff Marsh out. Now, Nat, do you describe yourself, mate, as a, as a Balmain Tiger or a rooster? I'd describe myself as a South Junior originally. Right, okay. Uh, born and bred in Alexandria. Uh, but I would have to say, for the simple fact that I played first grade for the Roosters, that I'm probably a chook more yep. than... Uh, when it comes to football, more than than a, than a rabbit, <laughs> yeah. but but a born and bred rabbit. So you know, I'd probably I'm, I'd say it's a fifty fifty. But if I had to say first grade wise, I'd be I'd be a, I'd be a rooster. So I want to ask you. So you regard as one of the best pranksters. I want to ask you that. That what's the story behind um, uh, you're playing? I think for the New Zealand Warriors and mm-hmm. Ivan Cleary had a function at his house. He had a long driveway. Oh. What what happened there? Um, so yeah, when I was playing at the Warriors, oh, well, probably every side that I played, I would just I get bored and a bit hyperactive, so. <laughs> it's I'd, a fast bowler. I'd uh, I'd just go out and break into teammates' houses just, just for a bit of fun, and um, I used to get everyone like if I, if I didn't get you, I probably didn't like you. Um, so I, I used to get I got Rico, I got I got so many of them. But when we went to the Warriors, um, Kevin Campy, my who's one of the toughest blokes I've ever played with. He was there, Ivan Cleary and and all the Polynesian boys. And then I used to just scare the shit out of the Polynesian boys. They just shit themselves. <laughs> and um, I, used to, I used to tell uh, 
a camper used to say to me with his husky voice, don't fucking ever do that to me. Yeah. Or old Bastion. I was like, yeah. me. I said, you can't fight. <laughs> I said, you're gone. He go, what? I go, because his missus used to go home every four weeks back to Brisbane. So he's a home and on kids. his own. Uh, and, and he's scared of the dark. What right? true story, he's scared of the dark. <laughs> and I used to say to him, mate, I'm going to get any panic. Anyway, I ended up getting him and then Ivan and his missus used to have the best dinner parties. And we, we went to his house and we're having, we're having a dinner party. And Camp was there telling me I was scared the shit out of him. And um, Ivan goes, mate, don't ever do any of that shit here. <laughs> and I was like, I probably yep. played with Ivan at yep. the Roosters. And I said, no, no, I won't do that. Anyway, he had this beautiful house. And you have to drive down this driveway. And as we we're driving down the driveway, I've just said to me, Mrs. I'll see you at home. Open the door and stunt rolled out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Crawled back up his lawn and climbed up his up his um, drain pipe to his bedroom. <laughs> and I get in his bedroom. They're still doing the dinner party. And um, I'm thinking, how the fuck am I going to get him to come up here? Yeah. So... I uh, get the radio and I turn the radio on in his bedroom as loud as I could oh just ask Blair and I jump in the cupboard and I'm in the cupboard and I hear dunk, 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 <laughs> up the stairs I'm thinking it's Ivan coming up and someone comes and turns the radio off and I pull the door open and just <laughs> and jump out and it's Nathan Clear, he's like four <laughs> and he just goes <laughs> he just screws and he pisses his pants and runs down the stairs Ivan comes up ready to kill someone and that's, that's how I ended up. I think Nathan's actually named after me because of all the pranks that I used to do at the Roosters. And, uh, but I think I scarred poor Nathan. I don't think he's ever got over well, he's, he's come pretty good. <laughs> he's come good. Yeah. Well, I was going to say to you, Phil, I, I think we, and this is you too, Nat, when you played your footy, we all played, I think, the perfect era. It was sort of mm. first half of our career was semi-professional. I always say I put the semi in professional. <laughs> but the second half, we, we got paid okay. But there were a lot of pranksters in our day too. Well, like Glenn McGrath, he was a pain in the ass in the change room. Oh, massive pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, there was a game down in Tassie, I think, um, and it was a, it was a miserable. Like it was always raining down there, and we were always off for rain breaks and, and whatnot. And um, and McGrath was down there with us because he never played any shield cricket. No. No. He played six or seven games. <laughs> yeah. No, at the start of his career. And then um, so he was down there. He was injured as usual. But he was getting ready for the, the next test or a tour or whatever. So he came with Paddy Farhart, the, the physio, yes. to, to, to keep having treatment. The hairiest the man in the world. Oh, yeah, the smiling melon. <laughs> but the, the problem with McGraw was he, gets, he got bored. And then he used to just be a bloody nuisance. And so we'd come off the field. It had been raining and we are all tired and we can't get these blokes out. The umpires weren't on a, you know, doing the right thing for us. It was raining all the time. So we kept on coming on and off and it was freezing. Come off and McGrath's just starting to play with... Bits and pieces. And I remember I had a cup of coffee and he's, for some reason, decided to, I don't know, put his finger in my ear or push me or something like that. And I've sort of went to go at him. And he, next thing you know, he's whacked the coffee. It's gone in my face and all over me. Next thing I'm on top of him in the change room. <laughs> and, yeah, but I'm trying to kill him. And, and at, at that point, I think we worked out, McGrath, nah, you yeah. can't come out. Yeah. And so he got sent home. Yeah. Mm. But it's funny, um, Nat, I was going to say to you, um, the players right now, you look at the rugby league players there, potentially going to go on strike before the start of the season. They talk about injuries. And and the, the big issue that the players have is that they don't get paid. You have to get – if you've got something wrong with your body, you have to get it fixed in the first year you're out of footy and they want to be looked after. First question, you're boxing. You're, you're, your brother, Garth, <coughs> you've been boxing your whole time. Yep. How are you now? And, and, and have you had injuries and ongoing uh, stuff post-career? Yeah. So I um, I think the biggest the biggest thing topic at the moment is head trauma. Yeah. And put it this way, in my footy career, I reckon, and I played well above my weight when I was at the Roosevelt, 72 kilos. Right. Which is light as. Yeah. Um, you know, most, place, most front rowers were 120 kilos back then. <clears throat> I probably got knocked out, worked it out. I've probably got concussed 20 times in my career. Jeez. Which is 
ridiculous. And I used to, um, when I was when I was at South originally, I got knocked out, and they used to do a uh, like a test to see like how smart you were, right? And they do this test, and so if you got knocked out, you do this test. You, when you got knocked out, you do the test, and if you didn't beat your score, you weren't allowed back on. I got knocked senseless. I got a better score, knocked out. Than that. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they threw me back on, and, 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 and I played. Then they, then they and after the game, I was. We played at Campbelltown. Me, I mean, was, he was always at our games. Every no matter where he could, could have played on the moon, he would have got there. And um, I went and sat in the grandstand. And I was watching the game, and, and me, I mean, comes over and he goes, "You all right?" Because like, he was going to drive home from Campbelltown. And I said, "Yeah, I'm sweet." So he started walking off, and as always, I look back at the field, and, and everything turned upside down. So I. What damage I'd done, because you, you, your vision reflects off the back, I'm not yeah. too sure I'm how it happens. Everything had turned upside down. So Jeez. I was like, oh, shit. So I waved him down, said to him, I'm crook. Took me home, drove from Campbelltown to home. My hands started going numb. I got into bed, woke up 40 minutes later, couldn't see. Got rushed to hospital. Um, they did all scans and everything. They thought I had bleeding on the brain. It was a big... Uh, Pretty serious situation. I was, I was completely blind for 48 hours, and they told me brother and me mum and dad what was going on. Me and my brother are very close. He started getting emotional and smashing the the, um, the casualty up and that. And, and I said to him, Garfus, come here. I need you to do me a favour." And he, he comes over. He's like, "Yeah, anything." As a kid, I was like, I was like 18, 19. I said, "Mate, I need you to do me a favour." He goes, "What's that?" I said, "I need you to pick me out a Labrador pup." <laughs> Because I was blind, right? He's like, she's like, shut up, shut up, man. That laugh. I got my sight back, but I wasn't allowed to play football ever again. Quit footy for a year and took up boxing with New Dam Police Boys, of all things, with uh, Johnny Lewis, and and was boxing and, and going all right. But I was doing it on the on the slide. My mum and dad weren't supposed to know that I was sparring blokes. Um, but then, you know, I I went to another specialist and told them what had happened. They said, look, if you can make a career of rugby league, yeah. you're mad not to. So I went back to South and they said, no, no, you're too risky with your concussions. And they, they brushed me and I went to the Tigers and, and ended up playing first grade at the Tigers and ended up playing for 17 more seasons. But I, I continually got knocked out. In the, if I didn't get knocked out twice a year, well, I, uh, I wasn't trying. It's, it's, it's you know? interesting you say about going to bed with a numb hand. I've, I've never happened to me. I've woken up with a few of it. <laughs> <laughs> Might just take a quick break now, and uh, we're here at the Mossman Rowers here in the beautiful Mossman Bay. And have a bite to eat. The steak here is unbelievable. Steak fritz. We'll have some of those. We might have a little glass of Chardonnay as well, but we'll definitely wash it down with an O'Brien beer. In life, the most important thing is trust. Without it, everything is a lot harder in a quickly changing and turbulent time. Barclay Pierce Capital is a safe pair of hands, an organisation built on people. They understand you've worked hard to build your nest egg and their asset management business is tailored to suit your needs. Their services help grow your wealth in order to provide long-term safety and security for you and your family. BPC, just a phone call away. If you're ready for your next thoroughbred racing adventure, then join the Osher Group. They exceed expectations on what racehorse ownership should look like. Australia's racing industry is enjoying unprecedented growth. Through a strategic, well-managed and data-driven approach, there is now a very real opportunity to build a profitable and sustainable thoroughbred portfolio. Find the Osher Group online at theoshergroup.com.
Hey, uh, the one thing you two have in common, um, both your dads played professional sport as well. And Phil, your, your dad was a wallaby. Um, yep. So what, what was it like growing up with a dad who was um, a professional sport, well, not professional back in those days, but an elite sportsman? Um, well, it was, it's normal. Like for me, right. that was normal. Yeah. So I grew up in a sports room. He was the sports master. At, Dad's a country boy. He came yep. from Lismore and actually played um, in Lismore High's first 13 rugby league team when he was, when he was 13 years old yep. with the Rainers. So Jack Rayner yeah. and his brother. So they're from up there. So Dad, Dad knew them. Um, and Jack Rayner's like, you know. Legend. Got, well, yeah, legend of rugby league. Um, and came down to Sydney and he played, played rugby at, at, and cricket at Shaw. So he's a, it was actually more interesting in cricket, yeah. believe it or not. So he was coach of the cricket team at the school. So I grew up in a sports room with footballs. And back then there were, you know, there were leather footies. And he had a compre- heavy balls, yeah. And, he's, and he had comp- I learned how to lace a leather ball when I was 10. Wow. Put, put grips on bats and all sorts of things. So he used me to climb up and down the racks to get all the, <laughs> get all the gear out. Um, so, I, so for me, it was I grew up with sport. And if it was kind of normal. I mean, he was Lancaster bomber pilot originally. Yeah. So he was in the World War II and some amazing stories from what they did there. He came back, played one game of grade footy, got picked for New South Wales, and then he went on a nine-month tour back to the UK. Wow. With Ken Carney and a whole bunch, Trevor Allen and a whole bunch of them. So I think Dad ended up playing for Whitehaven. Captain coached Whitehaven. He's one of the first rugby union guys to go and play league. Wow. Yeah. So he then lived up in Cumbria, played minor counties cricket. Played against Whitehaven when I was in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Well, you were up in Warrington, weren't yeah. you? Yeah. Well, so I was up in – I played up in um, uh, Barnsley in Yorkshire and then in um, – Yorkshire. Hey, hey, and, <laughs> and then in um, Macclesfield over in, over in Cheshire. But, um, yeah, so Dad, Dad, Dad passed away quite a while ago and they had a minute silence for him over in Whitehaven. Isn't that beautiful? He, he, wrote, yeah. he wrote a book. Wrote yeah. a book on league. So, to me, it was like, you know, he, he was contemporaries of um, Nick Shahady. And, yeah. And my mother was a Wyndon and her cousin was Cole Wyndon, who's, oh, wow. who's a legend of Ranwick. You're destined, you're destined to play sport. And, and, and that, your, your old man, Barry, was a... Good footballer. Good footballer, wasn't good he? Good athlete. Very good yeah. athlete. Um, we grew up, everything we did had a, usually had a ball involved. Yeah. You know, and we, and we grew up... Isn't that great? Really good, really good. We played every yeah. sport. And uh, we, we could, uh, if we got... If we jig school, if Dad come home, whatever job he was doing, he used to always come home early, so I don't know how hard he was working. <laughs> but, uh, we'd, we'd jig school and if jig me and my brother would be laying on the lounge watching whatever soap he was on at the time, as soon as we did Dad the key go in the, in the yeah. door, we'd jump up and go, and go and get on the bench press and we'd, we'd walk in and go, what the fuck are you boys doing home? we go, oh, it's people free day or some bullshit. And you go, hey. You go, all right. What are you benching? You go, yeah. oh, I'd have or whatever. But if we, if we weren't, if we weren't doing weights, we were asleep on the lands or something. He'd yeah. wake, you know, he'd wake the shit did out you, of us. You went to shore, Phil. Did you ever yeah. jig school? Uh, no, nah, it's hard when your man's there <laughs> yeah. and he gave you the lift there. So uh, it's a bit tough. I spent a lot of time. Uh, I spent my holidays there. Like he'd yeah. go in there, and I'd be out on the oval kicking balls or swimming or doing whatever we do. So you had great facilities to use. But I used to hang around after school and. Being the nets with all the boarders, there's about four four hundred boarders in the school. Okay. So I got to grow up with all those guys. So you end up being great mates with the guys in the country, and going out into all these the all these fabulous yeah. places. But you had plenty of guys to, to mm. bat and bowl and you know kick balls with. Hey Nat, I um I always look for a junior reporter for every one of my shows. Did want to do my research, and my junior reporter this time is a guy called Corey Pearson. This is my best mate, Corey. Um, <laughs> he says he knows you very well. Now, Corey's told me, Nat, about you, that you are one of the best dancers in the world and used to go off at Biblos back in the days. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he said you had some sort of dance 
some dance routine that looked like you were serving drinks in the middle of it. He said it was a, it's a great routine. I would have been serving something whenever it was drinks. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I used to think I was a good dancer. My brother's a really good dancer. He actually went to the School of Performing Arts. Oh, did he? Uh, yeah, he, he turned into a boxer. He turned into a boxer. He yeah, there you go. Good footwork. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I used to think I could dance and uh, it was probably everything else I consumed that made me think that way. <laughs> But yeah, I, um, I corrupted Corey quite a few times on a yeah. night out. He was a, he was a bit of a late bloomer, Corey. Yeah, oh, I'd be hard to and, get uh, to. Yeah, it's hard to get to. Give him a Chinese yeah. burning cry. I, I remember my first ever trip, and, and Phil's going to roll his eyes here, but we went to England, New South Wales. We won the double here. We went out to play Surrey. It was the best tour of all time because it, we batted first day, got 300, and it rained for the next nine days. Oh, it was a perfect, a perfect it was tour. It a perfect trip, wasn't it? Yeah, and, yeah, and you yeah, and we, I, we were in a nightclub, and we walked out, and I didn't realise I was young and... Now, Phil was the captain, so I wanted to do the right thing. I walk, so I stayed with the captain all night. We walked out, and it was sunlight. And I've gone, shit, it's, it's five in the morning. And Phil goes, do you think you have that much fun in one night without not being five in the morning? That was one of the great trips, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. Didn't play a lot of cricket. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hey, um, at five o'clock. I was stretching my calf muscles at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> might, have, might have been seven. <laughs> day two, day three. <laughs> might have been seven. Hey, uh, Phil, you, you played your first test match. Ian Healy broke his finger. You got to mm. tour Pakistan. Mm. Um, they've just gone back to Pakistan now, so that's how long they've been out of action mm-hmm. because of the, the attack. I think it was on the Sri Lankan cricket team. Yeah, the one Trevor, yeah, Trevor, Trevor Bowers, Bowers was, was on the, the, on coach, the bus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Australia's about to go to India, which is, I think, is, 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 is a test playing against India in India. Mm-hmm. How do you think it will go? Well, we'll see how good we are. Yeah, that's right. You know, I mean, and I think the, the two tours coming up, the, the, the Indian tour and then the Ashes follow, are really going to show us, you know, what, we're, what we are. I, think, yep. I don't think we got to see what we were over the summer. Um, oh, God. I think we'll go all right, but I, I, I'm not Where are the, I'm not where are the gaps, do you think? Mm. Well, Kawasha can't even get in at the moment. They yeah, he's got a problem getting in. Well, because he was, he was, he was he's Australian, of course, but yeah. he's born in Pakistan. And Correct. the only person... Only Pakistani had been allowed into India in the last 45 years was Wazi Makram. It's a fact because they love him so much for cricket. No other Pakistani has been allowed into India. Mm. Um, I think they'll approve. He had the same sort of issues back in 2012, but there's some issues there. But will he go well against spin? You've got, you got Travis Head, who I think is going to struggle a bit. There's a few gaps. Yeah, well, we're not really sure how, they, how they're going to go, but both those guys have been in great form and have yep. actually changed how they've been playing. You know, Kawaja should is a good player he of spin. He's a good player. And he's a very good player of spin. For some reason, years ago, they wouldn't take him over mm. there. Um, but he's in form. And, I mean, you want players who are in form. He's specialists for certain areas, yes. But, you know, Head's, Head's deserved his spot and the way he's played. Now, maybe it's the making of him. He seems to be playing straighter. Yep. He's not looking to play square all the time and, and getting caught out in gully. And he's, God, he's changed how we've, how we've played over the last couple of years, really. But who we've played against has not been... You know, the Ashes tour out here last, they weren't, they weren't flashed. And you've got Steve Smith looking unbelievable. You've got Lavashane, who's a great player. So our batting's pretty solid. Reasonably yeah. solid. And we've got, we, look, our best bowlers are quicks. Yeah, 100%. With, you know, apart from mine. Yeah. Um, we're going to take a bunch of guys over there to, to stop gap that, that spin bowling spot. Yep. But really... Green, green's good. Yeah, no, I, I grant that. So you've got, you, you, you've got to pick your best, best bowlers are going to take wickets. Now, you may not be playing another spinner. I don't think we should. No, because yeah. I think from what we learned when we played in Sydney mm. and the thing used to turn sideways and, and whatnot, all these states would bring over spinners and just play yeah. them. And we'd smash them. Yeah, correct. Because if you don't play, if you don't bowl well on it, mm. it doesn't matter what you bowl. That's right. You know, so, and the and Indians are going to be invariably the best players of spin. So yeah. if they're not specialists and they're not proven wicket takers, mm. 
you know. Well, hold it there. We're just going to take a quick break. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. The new Elite Bet app has arrived. It's got all the betting features you expect and new ones you're going to love. Elite Bet is your one-stop shop on race day with Hot Bet, where you can back the tips of proven winning punters, build fast sports multis, and play same-game multis. The Elite Bet app is the smoothest betting experience around. Trusted for 10 years, Elite Bet is 100% Australian-owned. The only betting app you need this summer is Elite Bet. Gamble responsibly. If you're joining this episode, maybe check out a previous one. We had Corey Pearson, the St. George Balmain Tiger, and Mark Gaznia, the Dragons man. We talked about all things footy and life. Hey, Nat, um, let's talk footy because I was getting quite excited this morning. I thought I'd start to smell the wet grass. You know, in summer, with cricket season around, you smell the cut grass, but I started to smell the wet grass and it's had a bit of deep heat. Footy season's starting. Who, do you, who, who are you tipping this year as the... As in the grand final, which two teams? Um, well, the Panthers has to be one of them, surely. Well, we're actually um, starting a podcast with a couple of mates, uh, Aaron Macy and Glenn Schofield, called PTFU. Okay. Which is bet the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> the boys, we've got, we got a bunch of knockabouts that are on the panel, yep. or on the group, that are they're experts in their own field, and uh, Macy's a horse expert and obviously Glenn's one of the greatest jockeys there is. Yes, there is. Uh, I'm actually heading up the NRL side of things, so all things NRL I'll be talking about. And I think, not just because I am a rooster, I think that the roosters will be really hard to yeah. beat. I think that they... Look, luck's got a lot to do with with, with everything. I mm-hmm. think they've had a lot of bad luck, injuries being the main main issue with them. Um, if they can stay injury-free, the, the fire in their belly's got to be pretty good. Uh, and we know how good Robbo is, so I think that that the Roosters are a massive chance this year. Yeah. Uh, obviously Penrith. I wouldn't and be surprised. You got, you got the grub from Melbourne too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like the cheese. Yeah. The cheese. Yeah, yeah. I like the cheese. I like the cheese. He's a bit of a character. Yep. Um, I saw him put bricks in Bellamy's bag the other <laughs> a couple of years ago. You see that one? I was pretty impressed with that. I thought I'd he'd get in my gang that blow. Um, but yeah, I think I think the Roosters would be hard, really hard to beat. And I'd like to see him do it. I like South, of course. Always, yep. you know, South born and bred. So I like South, but I also think that Cronulla are going to be really good too. You know, they've had a year under Fitzy. Fitzy's one of the one of the best up and coming coaches. Great bloke, and um, I'd like to see him do really well with them. Yeah. Um, now, Phil, I know you're involved post um, retirement. Um, involved with New South Wales. Um, past players um, called the Baggy Blues. You've done a lot <laughs> of stuff there, and it's really, really important that. Um, once the you sort of bowl or, or, or hit your last ball, um, the sort of the lights get turned off and and you sort of go off into oblivion. So it's really, really important to get back together as mates and and to catch up. And you've done a lot of stuff with that with the Baggy Blues. Maybe tell us about that because it's really important that I think for cricketers, at least in the last year or so, we lost Warney and Andrew Simons and and Rod Marsh and some of the greats of the game. And we've seen guys like Slater and McGill sort of go down paths that they probably wouldn't want to go down. They're in a bit of trouble. 
Um, talk me about the Baggy Blues. So we look. We started basically. We started about eleven years ago, I think. I mean, there was a whole, you know, from when you finish your career, and as you just said, you know, the, the the caravan continues on, and you just jump off it. Yeah. And and I know my last game. I think you captained the next one. Mm. And I, I've got six months. You know, I went from actually working and playing to to retiring and actually getting retrenched from a job. I had six months off. I used to just look up the scores and see what you guys were doing, but yeah. you guys were never around. So mm. from from living in each other's pockets to then being on your own, it's it's you know you go through this grieving period. Even though you, it is. you yeah, you might retire. You know, you, you either get injured or you get dropped or you retire if you like if you make your own call. Um, and I was lucky enough to do that, but you still go through a grieving process because it's just not the norm. Nine months spending time with people and 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 they go on and and, and what have you. And a lot of what you miss is actually gone years before um, but what we did was we got together and, and basically Gav Robertson called a bunch of us together and we developed an idea of sorting our own sort of alumni group up which we've done so we're the past players past current men women and umpires believe it or not I don't know they snuck in there but they were part of the game as well <laughs> and so, so they're, they're in there as, which is great actually because we used to have them in the room and have a beer with them yeah. afterwards um, so we basically started as just getting get, getting back together and building a connection with the current guys. We've moved that on to now going out into country areas and playing games uh, and coaching and promoting the game, but also doing some stuff for the for the area in mental it's, health. That's brilliant, yeah. Yeah, so we've, we've teamed up with RAMP, which is the Rural Diversity Mental Health Program, and so we go away for a three-day trip. We take six players, they play the game, yep. put them on two teams, three on one side, three on another, with the locals. Yep. They play a game together, they get to, you know... Touch, feel those guys, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, in yep. terms of you know, so they, rather than just sort of telling them what to do, <laughs> good job. <laughs> tell them Make what to do. <laughs> but you know, being part of, being playing with the guys, so they actually they get to know what they're like on the field together. And then we will do a, a dinner and we'll do a presentation on mental health. And Gav Robertson gets up and speaks and, and things like that. So we've done yeah, about well twenty five of them. Brilliant, mate. Hey, and, and Nat, you put together your own WhatsApp group there for a while. What, what was that about? Oh, our WhatsApp group <laughs> was, wasn't my WhatsApp group. I um, I was lucky enough to get into a horse with um, Tony Gollan, who's yes. you know, Brisbane, Queensland's leading trainer. He, um, I've got a good mate called Brian Seamson who has, uh, it's called Black Soils. He's a horse breeder, and among other things. And uh, my brother and I were, were raising some money for Motor Neuron. We lost our uncle to Motor Neuron, and we um, were doing a punch-a-thon. We punched thing that I invented called the hitbox for 16 hours straight and we, people would donate money to sponsor us and we yep. raised 27,000 for Motor Neuron and I rang Simo prior to it and I said look mate if you got any uh you got any shares in a horse that you can't get rid of we'll, u- we'll use it and we'll get people to sponsor us and we'll give them the share and he goes oh mate I've got this I've got this horse that's no good it's got a bad tendon and that and I said oh he said but we'll throw it in I said yeah we'll throw it in anyway so <laughs> we threw it in and um, I got all my mates. I said, "Oh, there's this horse that we can jump into." So me, and my brother, and ten other mates. I mean, my ten other mates jumped into it. Anyway, the, the horse was called uh, Miami Flies. Yes, right? and ended up winning four hundred thousand. So, that, <laughs> so it, was, it was a good thing to jump into. But in this group of blokes that are from Queensland, Simo's put us in this group, and I'm thinking it's just all the all the blokes involved in the horse. And um, so they're all Simo's telling them how mad. Mad a night, they're going to have partying with me and this and that, and they're all saying, "Oh, I do this and I do that." I'm like, "All right, these blokes think they're good." So yeah. I say, "Okay, boys, well, this is what you can. Ex- I can't wait to see you, da-da-da, but this is what you can." So I've got, I've got about 25 dick tricks, so, <laughs> right? and, 
And I used to, I, I, had dick, I, I, I invented dick tricks. Before. Remember back in the 90s, these blokes were going around the pub doing the pub yeah, through the, the penis? penis yeah. And they stole, they plagiarised some of my yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. And I, and I thought, yeah, all right, we'll show, we'll show these blokes what they're in for. Oh, God. So I, I do one of my favourite signature ones, a tiger in the sunset, right there. <laughs> I've never seen that one. No, I'll show you later. <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting more, and I stick it down between my legs, and I stretch it out that way, and I just walk off, right? And the t- tiger in the, the sunset. T- so I get my mates to film uh. me doing the tiger in the sunset, and I s- sunset, and I send it to this group, thinking they're going to get laughs and that, and then I get, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> what, how weird are these blokes from New South Wales? This is an on, da 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 all these blokes blowing up. And I wrote, the fuck's wrong with you, blokes? The first yeah. sign of a bit of big game, you shit yourselves, right? <laughs> I just think nothing of it. Then the chat just goes dead. We catch the plane up the next day. I get off the plane. They, all, they go, what's wrong with you? They're what? They go, all our wives and oh, kids. No. Oh, no. <laughs> Everyone oh. on this chat. And I was like, I didn't know that, boys. I thought it was just the blokes involved in yours. Your phone was probably ringing hot afterwards. <laughs> yeah. hey, um, but it reminds us of a guy we played with, Wayne Holsworth. He, yeah. had, he had similar moves. Um, and I remember we played the Fijian cricket team in a game of the SCG. Oh. And they came in to our change room at the end of the game and as a token of their appreciation, they sang this beautiful Fijian song they all harmonised. Oh. And Bob Radford, who was our then CEO, who was a, mm. a well, I won't say a part-time alcoholic, but he used to drink a bit. He said, that's fantastic, cracker. How can we respond to that? Show them your dick tricks. And he did, and it didn't go down very well. Yeah, the pulsating heart wasn't great, was it? No. no. I, I had wiped that from the memory, but thanks for bringing that up. He actually won a lot. They won a lottery on them. On his performances, didn't they? Oh, they did too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they, they, yeah, well, they went 110 grand. Oh, something like that. They won first, second, and third prize or something in well, the lottery. Um, one of my great memories, Phil, was '93, uh, '94. We win the Sheffield Shield. Mm-hmm. Day five, we finished quite early, around about 11:30 a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. So it's a great we got the whole day to celebrate in the change room. We had a, a wonderful man who passed away a few years ago called Merv Serres, mm-hmm. who was um, the, the, used to strap at the Manly Football Club, but mm-hmm. you do the cricket New South Wales during the summer. Played footy against my old man. Did he really? Yeah, I didn't realise that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Merv was our room attendant. Anyway, we drank in the change room all day to the point where we finally wanted to go into the Woolloomooloo Bay Hotel about 8 o'clock that night. Mm-hmm. And old Merv um, had an old uh, yellow, he would have been 70 years of age this stage, an mm-hmm. old yellow sort of Corolla. Yeah, and, and we, we asked him to give us a lift down because we couldn't drive. And Merv said, oh, "I'm going home. I'll drop you boys off." And as we pulled into Woolmaloo, the booze bus was there with the witches' hats. So we pulled in, and Merv goes, "I'm uh, just dropping the boys off. We've got Sheffield Shield winners. We've got Phil Emery and Shane Lee, <laughs> Michael Bevan. I think Michael Slater might have been in the car. Whoever it was." And he goes, "Okay, get out, boys." And he he could smell the alcohol. And he says to Merv, "Are you uh, are you feel fit to drive?" He said, "Yeah." He goes. How far are you going? He goes, I'm oh, not far. And he goes, we'll be careful. What's not far? He goes, North Girl Girl. <laughs> As he drove off, he mowed down about 15 witches. Yeah, there, took them yeah. all out. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, good times, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, mate. Fabulous bloke, man. <laughs> hey, I ask everyone the same question that comes on lunch with Lee. Um, I'll ask you first, Nat. Um, if a young boy or girl wants to go into the world of rugby league, what advice would you give them? Wow. I can't wait to hear this one. The world of rugby league? Yeah. It's funny you should say that because I've got – I've got two older boys and two younger boys. I've got a 27, 24, 6 and 16 months. Yeah. So my six-year-old's playing soccer and that at the moment. Okay. And, I, and I'm sort of leaning to him him playing soccer. Okay. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I love rugby league. Yeah. But, but what, what from the way it's taken its toll on me, with my, I've got memory issues and stuff yeah. that's going on at the moment, I probably, 
It sounds bad. I probably wouldn't steer a, okay. a young kid into rugby league at the moment because of, so just if, simply if they because want to play professional sport, what advice I want to play you? professional sport. Look, yep. you've, got, you've got to do the little things. You've got to sacrifice things. You've yep. got to do the extras. I think every professional sport, it's all about the extras. You know yep. what I mean? What what you do outside of the tra- normal training times is that is what is is makes a difference. You know, we're all, we're all, there's a bee's dick's difference in ability once you get to the top level. Yep. You know, the the difference is what you're willing to sacrifice. The extras you do, you know, what you do when the bloke that's playing your position, what he, what he don't, won't do, you know. Yeah. So for me, it's just doing the extras and making the sacrifice that that, that is the difference between yep. being good and being great. You and know? Phil, a young boy or girl wants to go and become a professional sportsman, what advice would you give them? Well, I wouldn't go into the... the, the <clears throat> I would say if they want to be a sportsman, I'd take the professional bit out of it. Um, okay. Because to me, right at the start, you play, you play, you play sport because you love it. Yeah, good. Yep. You know, and if you if you don't, well, you're not going to make it anyhow. Yeah, it's a good point. So I think you've got to love what you do. Yep. I think um, you know the, all the trappings and bits come later. Um, but it's all on. It's hard work, and it's it's little. It is. They said it's it's little things. It's skills carry it. You know. So if, for us, it was always around the little bits and pieces that you're going to be able to to carry you into day five. You know, in the last hour. You know, the, to to make a catch or to do something like that, or to score the runs, or to be able to to, to stump up and bowl. Mm. So you've got you've got to love that. If you don't if you don't love that competition and you don't love that um, work ethic, then you're, you're not going to get it. you're yeah. not going to make it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've got two boys play rugby. Um, one's playing first grade in Sydney, and the other ones over in over in England. And mm. mate, they work harder than I ever did. Yeah. To, to you know, that would be hard. <laughs> you were my training partner. Yeah. You're like a big bloody yeah, anchor. Right. You're like an anchor around my around my ankle. <laughs> no, but it's it, to me that's it. You, you got to love. You got to love what you do. There's a, there's a great saying from um, there's a bloke that uh, coached at, at North Rugby. A bloke called Simon Cron. He's now got the Western Western Force. You you play because you love it. You yep. turn up to play and you're second to nobody. That's yeah. the word he used. And then, you know, but they're the three things. They're his rules. And, and just finally, Nat, um, what, is there one moment or, or time in your career that, that sticks out as a, where you went to yourself, you know, that, that's a real highlight for me? <clears throat> I think the highlight for me was when I went to England. Yep. Uh, here, I, I, I probably didn't do myself justice in the end because yep. for me it was a might have been an ego thing at the time because I was a young kid and I was, I was always coming, mostly coming off the bench when I was at the Roosters. Okay. Like, and, you know, when you're a kid growing up, if you're on the bench, you're, oh, yeah. you're on the bench, you're on the bench. So that was hard for me. And I think I had a lot of outside influences when I was playing in Australia. But when I went to England, I was, I was on my own, right? It was to survive, look after my family and stuff like that. I was struggling to get a, get a, get a club. Is that where you became a professional footballer, do you think? I think that's when yeah. I became a man, you know. I was, right, okay. You know, I can remember at that point in time, I was like, right, I'm a man, so. Well done. That would be that, that, that point of time in and my life. I'm know? interested to hear your comment on that. What, mm. was there a moment, I've never asked you this question, we've known mm. each other for years. Is there a moment that sticks out for you that you're super proud of? Um, I'm sure there's many, but... Yeah, there's, look, there's a couple. I mean, the day I got picked for New South Wales changed my life. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it was, it was a goal of mine. It was something, you know, I, I really, really wanted to do. And um, I don't really know whether you're going to get that opportunity, but that, did, that turned into... Ten years, yeah, you know, yeah. and then got a chance to play for Australia, which is another yep. thing. You know, just I think the, the thing about that was I was proud that I was I was actually playing consistently enough and well enough to be the bloke that was the next one. I mean, Hills missed one game out of a hundred and something, yeah, and I got it. And 
if I wasn't playing well enough or doing the right thing at that time, it would have been Darren yep. Berry or would have been yep. someone else. Um, and that quick shout to Darren Berry. <laughs> <laughs> Should have seen his face when I'd asked Jimmy Ma how many times he kept for Australia. It was sixteen. He almost died. Um, but um, and then I think the, I think the things that I that I I mean I was really proud of that ninety three ninety four side. Yep. When we were just the kids, and we got yep. flogged in flogged in Perth in two days, mm-hmm. heads on tombstones in papers, and then we win seven outright games and won more outright games than anyone had ever won. And, and win the Shield with a bunch of kids. But also grey cricket. Won two, two premierships with my club side, which is, God, people go through forever not getting that chance. Yep. And that's really hard. Yeah. Like 20 sides, and there's usually some dominant sides in the competition, but to do that, that's, I was nervous. Well, I want to thank you both for coming on Lunch with Lee. It's, um, it's been fun. Um, we're, here, we're here at the Mossman Rowers down the beautiful Mossman Bay. Better go downstairs now and have a fantastic lunch. We've got a fantastic restaurant here. We'll have an O'Brien beer. Phil's going to apologise to me finally for that one catch he dropped off me many years ago down in Tasmania. Man, you hit me in the head just up the road here, you dickhead. Rawson Oval. Remember but, that? But thanks for coming on Lunch with guys. <laughs> and, uh, and we'll be back soon. Next time. Thanks, thanks guys. Thank you very Cheers. much. That's it for Lunch With Lee this week. A big thank you goes out to our guests, Nathan Wood and Phil Emery. Thanks to the Moss and Rowers for having us today. And thank you to our sponsors, Barclay Pierce Capital, Elite Bet and O'Brien Beer. Make sure you hit follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. And do us a favour, hit five stars. If you're passionate, leave a review. And come check us out on Instagram at I'm at Lunch With Lee. Our official Lunch With Lee photography was done by Felicity Kelly. You can find her on Instagram at Felicity Kelly Portraits. And also, a big thank you as always to Dan McHugh, our great producer. We'll be back next time to talk to more legends about sport, music and business on another episode of Lunch with Lee. We'll see you then.